You're listening to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 65 of the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. Kaz is away on a well-deserved holiday this week, and Chris is a little under the weather, so I'm going it alone this week. Don't worry though, we've still got plenty for our listeners to enjoy. Interviews with manager Marta Tejador, defender Adrian Jordan, and of course the returning goalscorer from Sunday's game, Rachel Williams. All coming up on this week's show. Before we get into the recap of our win over Everton though, I thought I'd share my initial thoughts on the new look Damson Park. Home, of course, to Birmingham City women and Solihull Moors' men's side. Walking up to the ground, you can now spot the main stand over the hedges, which is pretty impressive, visually, really. Uh, I walked into reception to pick up my pass for the match, and after speaking to some of the regular fans, I headed to pitch side. If you pop into the bar before the game, it comes out onto these steps in the main stand, which is pretty cool, to be honest. As you walk down them, the pitch opens up in front of you. The new main stand has metal support beams now, so you could, your view can be slightly blocked depending on where you sit. It's not like where the old toilets used to block the corner flag though, so it's a bit better than that. Uh, the far ends though, behind the goals, remain the same. The far side uh, now has multiple seating areas opposite the main stand, uh, and is where the toilets are now situated behind. I didn't ask, but I assume they're going to put more in the main stand as they finish off the last little lippets of the, the the redesign, as the only one on that side, I think, is currently in the bar area. Nonetheless, though, I like the improvements, and hopefully, if you haven't been down yourself, then get yourself down to Damson Park and take a look at the new ground. On to the Everton game then, and it was a winning start to our Continental Cup campaign, thanks to a second-half header from Rachel Williams. The Blues midfielder turned striker returned to the field for just her second competitive game since 2018 and popped up with the winner. In what seemed like the 10th or even 12th corner, Lucy Staniforth floated in the cross from the far side and Rachel is there to head home. Cue the roar and delight from the supporters behind the goal. I spoke to Rachel after the game and you can hear that interview now. I'm joined by Rachel Williams of Birmingham City, striker, she's come back from injury, it's well documented, you've been out for a while, yeah. you, you, you came back against Everton last in, earlier in the season, then you yeah. played him again today, he's finally got the goal today, uh, how, how good is it just to get back scoring again? It was actually quite funny because Friday in training we kept doing these set pieces and we are messing around, trying this, trying that, and I actually said, you know what, if I'm on that pitch, Stan, just put the ball on my head, full score. So we had a bit of a joke with it and I come on and I looked at Stan, gave her a little wink and was like, Stan, just put it on my head. And I actually looked around and I thought, no one's marking me here. I'm feeling this one, I'm going to have this one. And uh, yeah, Stan's just plonked it in right where I wanted it and we've managed to get the goal. It, it, it was a game with so many corners we got, I don't know how many, it was, must have been like 10. Have you ever seen that? It, it, it seemed ridiculous just how many times it went out for a corner. No, I know. Um, <laughs> We, we was going mad on the bench and then I, I was on the bench and I was like, come on, it's really not that hard. Just put it on someone's head and score. But no, I mean, the staff are like, they're, they're doing really well. We don't just want to keep doing the same old things and credit to them really, especially Jen. She's working hard, giving us different set pieces to do. We're mixing it up, trying to score. I mean, you've seen at the World Cup all different kind of goals that have scored from set pieces. So, yeah, we just have to keep pushing on. And But when I'm on the pitch, I don't want nothing fancy. I just put on me head, let me score. <laughs> 
cup games, league games, anything, even in training. I'm counting on my goals. I want to score. Um, I mean, it was all those years ago that Marcus put me as a forward, and I, at heart, I actually do love midfield. I love being in midfield, but I'll play anywhere. And if it means I can chip in and get goals for the for the girls that are grafting behind me as well, then by all means, yeah, I want to. So it was actually weird because. Um, Matt had actually uh, put a little videos together of all my headers and was like, look how prolific you was at heading. And then today I've gone and scored another header. So I was like, okay, brilliant. We'll have that. Just, just looking at a few of the new players you were with, as who has impressed you the most coming in this summer? Uh, Adrian. I think we've done really well there to um, get replacement through losing Meg and Aoife. So Aid's come in done really well. Beck going in at centre-half when she's actually holding midfielder. Uh, she's trying to learn as quick as she can and as best as she can to actually like read the game, slow her game down. But like what Marta said in, um, at the season launch, she's got players that are versatile and we're going to need that this year with having such a small squad. I mean, I've even said that if, you, if we, we're short on centre-off, I'll give a go at centre-off. And I think that's what football's around. It ain't just about being in one position and saying, oh, well, I don't want to play wing because I can't play there. You can. It's just football. Anyone can play anywhere. So for us, it was just pre-season was just about gelling together, learning each other's movements on and off the ball. And now we're starting. <laughs> now we're starting to come together, uh, work really hard, and hopefully we can kick on from there and get us a couple of more wins. The next game is obviously Reading. Reading's a, always a tough game. They, they like they like a, they like a, they like a fight, feisty game. What, what are you expecting from the game, and are you looking forward to playing against Reading? Yeah, every game I'm looking forward to against, obviously, because being out so long. Reading are very good, they're very fit, they're physical, they've got some good players. And I don't know why, but against Reading, it always feels like a derby. Everyone gets up for it, and I just don't know why, but um, it's always a close game. So, obviously, we'll do our homework on them, they will on us, and we'll just have to see how the game goes. But, yeah, obviously, I want to win every game. Thanks to Rachel once again. I also spoke to one of our new signings, Adrian Jordan, after the game, and I hope you enjoy her interview, which I will play for you now. I'm joined by Adrian Jordan for uh, Birmingham City Defender. It was a tough start to the season, but it's finally starting to gel. You got the first win today. What did you think of the the gradual improvements over the last few games, do you think? Um, I think it's something that we've been working on in training a lot. We knew that we have been moving the ball well, defending fairly well. Um, we really took pride in the details today and most importantly put the ball in the back of the net so felt really good. Playing with someone of Rachel's experience, she's been been around this league for a long time, she's in the top five top scorers of all, all time in this league. What does she bring to the team and bring, bring to you? What, what has she brought to you since um, working with her as a player? Um, she definitely brings knowledge. Um, she reads the game really well and she communicates what she sees really well. Um, she has that drive, especially after her injury. I know she was out for quite some time with that. Um, and her willingness to work hard when she comes on the pitch, off the pitch, it reflects in her game, in her goal today even. And I think that kind of mentality really rubs off on everyone on the team. Because we've been under pressure in the early games, it's been um, to keep the to keep the other teams out. It's um, obviously someone who uh, um, your your ability and your speed. You, you have you felt a bit chained down because you can't get quite up, for, up forward. Is is there a matter of time when we can see bursting up the field? Do you think? Yeah, that's something I've been working on. Um, I'm really trying to get the balance right with my eating, um, getting electrolytes and that kind of thing so I can continue throughout the game. Um, I know the first game we played at home and the second half I was 
not really there um, because I was cramping up and then since then I've definitely improved um, on that front today I felt really good and I'm happy about that so because you've got experience of track and field and stuff as when you're younger in college and stuff as well so playing in different sports do, do playing different sports growing up does that make you a better footballer get, just getting different attributes from different sports to make um, to influence the game do you think in your opinion um, I think so my family everyone in my family is very athletic uh, my other siblings are also multi-sport athletes um, we all have swam both my siblings still swim track and field football basketball like you name it we've played it we've tried it um, and I think all those sports together like you learn something from all these different sports and uh, yeah surprisingly like track was always one of my favorite ones and yeah you see it in the field and then like swimming also for me it really helps with the off fields like not really having um, that kind of like hard impact conditioning. Looking, looking at your career so far then you, play, you played in uh, with Atalanta last year in Italy and mm-hmm. um, we had a player last year Paige Willem she went over to Italy as well what was the experience of Italy like um, both off the field and on the field compared to other leagues you played in, to, in the past do you think? Well in my career it's kind of all over the map I've played in Scandinavia, uh, Sweden, Iceland, Italy Italy was just a whole nother experience because of the language barrier for one. Before that, everywhere I went, everyone could speak English as well as their native tongue. In Italy, it was kind of like, if you don't speak Italian, you can't really get around. I did my best to learn it. I've definitely forgotten some since then. But I think it was just a whole nother experience learning the culture and they're very like hot-headed and aggressive, you know? So. It was pretty overwhelming at first, but once I like realized like, oh, they're not necessarily like yelling at me because I did something wrong. They're just yelling because that's how they do it. Um, so yeah, that has definitely helped me out and like kind of given me a thicker skin. And then the food was amazing as well. So I'm sure we'll hear more about you later on in the season. But for now, what was your favorite Italian dish that you had over there? Oh my gosh, you could always find me eating pizza or gelato. Gelato is definitely. A, do you have a the I am. Well, I prefer prefer the sorbet, which they don't really technically say is like gelato because it doesn't have milk in it, whatever. But I definitely that's my kind of like the lemon, um, the raspberry is so good, combined even better. So, yeah. Thanks again, Adrian. Back to the game then, and it was certainly nervy at times with the likes of Bex Holloway still adjusting to new positions, as Rachel pointed out. Uh, She's a midfielder being asked to learn how to play as a top centre-back in the WSL, and that takes time, really. Even with someone of Keris' experience next to her, it's going to take time for her to bed in into a new position. Bex had a back pass in the first half, put a little bit too much on it, and certainly raised the heart rate of Hannah Hampton in the Blues goal, but uh, she, she dealt with it well. Everton looked the brighter early on, but we got back into it around the 30 minute mark. The pacey Elise Hughes, the Evertonian player in particular, was giving Keris a bit of a torrid time, forcing a good save from Hannah Hampton after 17 minutes. After that, though, it was really us who took control of the game. The passes started to find their intended targets, and we looked to be a threat going forward. Marta Tejador made just the one change from the side that lost to West Ham United the previous week. She brought in Connie Schofield for Scottish international Chloe Arthur. I thought Connie did well overall. She had a few moments where she maybe found the same pocket of space as another teammate, but that comes with time. Just get, get, with more experience, you'll get uh, understanding with the other midfielders and not try and play in the same positions. But that aside, though, she was lively and was named player of the match by the sponsors, I believe. 
Personally, I would have given that either to Brianna Vasali or uh, Hannah Hampson, but that's just my personal opinion after this game. We All fans are entitled to their opinions, of course, and probably other people will pick another name out of the hat because there was a lot of good performances in this game. Brianna worked so hard to break up the play in midfield, I thought she was um, creating stuff from back a uh, deeper position at one point, and I thought uh, it reminded me a bit of Hayley Ladd last season, which is a positive sign nonetheless. And uh, Hannah Hampton made some great saves in this game as well. Uh, Lucy Staniforth, who at the time of recording has just, I believe, missed out of being called up for the next England squad. She once again was everywhere on this pitch in this game. She seemed to have a free role because she was always trying to get involved no matter where she was on the pitch. If you've seen some of the passes in the previous game, she's pretty much everywhere on the pitch by the 90 minutes. So she's someone who's trying to get things uh, working for the Blues, even if sometimes it doesn't come off. I think she's trying a little too hard, though, at times, to make things happen. Every time she picked the ball up about 30 yards or so out, uh, out of, outside of the uh, Everton goal, she was looking to pop a shot off, or the same can be said when she was taking free kicks. She was going for goal. There was one which just went over the top of the bar, but a lot of them just weren't uh, testing the keeper enough, really. She's a talent and is certainly capable of scoring from that distance, but sometimes there might be better options than the shots. Uh, our best chance of the first half came from a wicked ball across from Schofield, who just fell beyond the reach of the onrushing Abby Grant. She just couldn't quite get to the ball. It was a wicked, very powerful cross from the right. Just couldn't get on the end of it. Uh, Karius had a few moments either side of the half as well from set pieces, but we weren't really taking full advantage of so many corners that we had. It was corner after corner at uh, multiple parts of this game, so we just need to learn how to make the most of that one. Uh, around the 60-minute mark, Rach made her entrance onto the pitch, replacing the hard-working Claudia Walker. Walker once again didn't find the back of the net, but she held the ball up well when she could, chasing down the corners and stuff. She's a player who it, her time will come. It's just it's just gotta just gotta give faith in her. Uh, she looked to whip uh, the blue side up. That this is Rachel uh, when she came on, throwing her arms up, trying to get us to rally and try and chase the ball down quicker, push up higher at the pitch. She felt we were clo- getting a bit too deep and. It might have really worked, I guess, as she scored not too long after with a header that even Alan Shearer would have been proud of. The ball from Staniforth played in and Rachel got a great header on it right into the bottom corner. Cue the celebrations. Uh, Grant then went close to get a second not long after that, bending a shot onto the far post. From where I was sat, I thought it was curling in. It just smashed the bar. Everton were not done themselves, though, and were denied a possible penalty late on when Gabby George hit the deck in the area. Uh, then in the final minutes of injury time, Hampton was forced to make a superb save at full stretch to deny the Toffees an equaliser. All in all, though, it was a good performance from the team. I also spoke to manager Marta Tejador after the match and hear her, her thoughts on the game. I'm joined by Marta Tejador after Blues' 1-0 win against Everton. It, 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 it's, it might have felt um, a long time coming, this, but it's finally got the first one of the season. How do you feel um, the team did today? Well, we, we've feel great because uh, we had the feeling that we deserved it before in the previous game but it didn't come and we were a little bit unlucky also and uh, we we were willing to win the first match and and like build a confidence platform where to keep working on. You moved um, Adrian and Harry, you swapped, swapped the wings again so they one went to left back and one went to right back. Was that was that a tactical decision to try and um, again to to improve against the result we got against Everton? 
We like to be very flexible and we like to be able to play both. So at the beginning of the match I told them that will be the first initial position but as soon as there's a fullback on each side I don't mind if you go right or left and they are they are allowed to switch every time they want. So mm, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and if one of them is getting trouble or whatever, uh, they may decide to switch and solve it themselves. And I don't think it had any influence on the game. But the same thing that, that works from them is uh, for wingers and the, the triangle in the middle. We want them to be very flexible and rotate and find their own organization on the field. You brought Rachel in the second half, it's her second appearance this season, she gets the goal for you, the winning goal. Just um, how good is it to have a player of her quality and someone who's scored so many goals in the past to have her in your team and to get the difference today? Yeah, well, in fact, we were struggling with uh, scoring goals. We lost two, two games, one nil. Yes, and, and we got a lot of opportunities, but we w weren't able to score. So this is exactly what we needed. One person who get a ball in there and put it on the net, which we haven't had before. So yeah, very, very pleasure about that. Um, it seemed like you had so many corners today. Have you ever seen a game with so many corners? <laughs> I don't know, I've seen so many crazy games in my life. <laughs> but yeah, there were a lot. Um, Abby Grant came close to scoring as well. She hit the post with a good curling effort. She's getting close to scoring. It's just a matter of time, do you think? Yes, yes. Uh, well, we went too long with this time <laughs> with some of the players. But uh, yeah, that was a very, very good action. And it's one of those actions that you think it should be a goal. She deserved it to do it. But football, this is the, the way football is. Sometimes you deserve and you deserve and you don't get it. And some other day you get it, you get a goal from nothing and, and you win even not deserving it. So you need to, be, to adapt to football because football is crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, and looking ahead, you got Reading next. It was one of the first games you lost as a manager at Reading last, last year in the Cup. They're a, they're a very tough team, a, t a team that can be physical, also has a good skill on the ball. What sort of challenge do you think they're going to be next week? It's going to be a tough game, do you think? Yeah, I, th I think this league is getting very, very, very close. And you, we've seen the results and teams are winning by one difference, two is too much. So we all are very, very close. So there's no, there's no poor teams on this league. There's no those teams who just don't give, it, give you any chance. So every match is going to be tough. There's a special background between us and Reading, which make it always very like extra, extra, um, uh, Fasting, fiery, yeah, and a bigger rivality. And there are those kind of matches that we all love. <laughs> yeah, and for sure it's not going to be easy. You spoke to Kaz, I think, last week um, after the West Ham game. You talked about how you, um, you're trying to get a closer bond with the fans and stuff. It got, yeah. got me quite emotional listening to that because it, it, it felt like you're, you're being a bit hard on yourself. It's obviously, it took you time to come over and now your family's over, you're more settled. It, it, that, that sort of connection will come easier now that you're settled yourself. Do you, think, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, probably will. Uh, for me, the language is a barrier because uh, I can understand, I can speak English, but um, at the end, to, to make close relationships, you need more and more details in the way you, you speak. And sometimes for me, it's like I stay a little bit um, far away, maybe because I, I can't find a way to, yeah. to, to create this relationship closer. But yeah, it, but even if I, if 
if I seem, I don't know, farther or serious or whatever, I really appreciate the fans following, supporting us, and uh, I'm convinced we won't be anything without our fans. And on to the next game then, and we welcome Reading on Sunday as we return to league action. Kelly Chambers added four new players over the summer, Norwegian internationals Christine Lean and Amelie Eichland, Dutch international Maxime Benek, and Welsh international Ankarad James. Benek is yet to play this season, but Lyne, Ackland and James have featured in all three matches so far this season. Reading are also likely to be without Joe Potter, the experienced former Blues player, who was pictured in a protective boot during their game with Manchester City earlier this season. As far as results go, though, Reading have started reasonably well. A 1-0 win over Liverpool in their opener, thanks to a superb free kick from Farrah Williams. It was one of four great goals that weekend. Kelly Chambers' side then welcomed Manchester City to Adams Park, and were a bit disappointing, to be honest. Given what we've come from to expect from Reading in recent years, they didn't get in the faces of City enough. They showed them too much respect, really, and paid the price for it. Two goals from the returning Pauline Bremer meant the Royals left empty-handed on that occasion. And then this past weekend in the Continental Cup, Reading travelled to the Hive and bounced back with a comprehensive victory over Tottenham Hotspur. A 4-0 win thanks to a brace from Brooke Chaplin, another from Millie Farrow, and an own goal off of Ashley Neville. This was somewhat a surprise, given what we've seen from Spurs in their opening two games. They pushed the likes of Chelsea close, then they beat Liverpool. A heavy defeat to Reading, given that they are a promoted side, shouldn't be a surprise, but the form suggests it is a, it is a bit of a surprise, really. Uh, nonetheless, as Rachel alluded to earlier, Reading always have that. Uh, the game against Reading always has that derby atmosphere. I don't know for sure if it's the influx of former Blues players that left to join them over the recent years, like Jade Moore, Remy Allen, but it's always a fiery and exciting game to watch. Uh, Harriet Scott is also a former Royals player too, so there's that connection there. Uh, our record is pretty good against Reading. We've won three of the last five meetings between the two sides. Reading have won the most recent one on, uh, however, a 2-1 win in the FA Cup last season. The two sides have met three times at Damson Park in league matches since Reading got promoted in 2015. Two draws and a win for the Blues in that time. The win that came back in January, it was a 2-1 win thanks to goals from Captain Keris Harrop and defender Megan Sargent. I predict it'll be a tight one once again this Sunday though. The more our back four can play together, the stronger our defence will be, and that will be key to this game. You've got Adrian Jordan and Harriet Scott who can play either left or right side of defence. They can mix and match, as Marta alluded to. So that gives us options going forward. But you've also got Bex Holloway and Keris Harrop in the centre. The more they work together, the better they will become as a as a, as a uh, combination. Obviously, Aoife Mannion and Keris Harrop or Megan Sargent and... Uh, Aoife Mannion last season they played together for so long that they got an understanding and worked quite well we just need to give Bex and Keris time to gel together and hopefully they'll get a partnership worthy of the names that they were, uh, she replaced Reading have lost Gemma Davidson in the summer who went to Spurs so they don't have as much pace as they did last season obviously against um, Everton this weekend Elise Hughes was uh, a threat for us going forward with her pace, so that might not be as much of an issue on Sunday. But Keris and Rebecca will still need to have their wits about them as the likes of Amelie Eichland, Millie Farrow, Lauren Bruton, and the scorer from last week, Brooke Chaplin, who could look to find a way through. The midfield, too, will be an important battleground with Remy Allen, Jade Moore, and Angarad. James, very determined players. 
They will close you down and take the ball if you aren't get both strong enough and wily enough to avoid them. It will be interesting to see who Marta puts in the centre for this one. After a display against Everton, I would put Brianna there. She could be a key part of that battle on Sunday. As far as predictions go, though, I'm going to suggest it's going to be a one-all draw this weekend. It will be our first point on the board, which will be a pretty sweet way to end the afternoon on Sunday against a tough team nonetheless. Get in touch then with us at GreatSense68 on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed this show this week, then please share it with your friends, retweet it, share it on Facebook, share it with your friends in person. Just get the word out there because we want to encourage as many people to listen to our show as possible. Kaz and Chris will be back hopefully next week. Uh, I think Kaz is away for a few more weeks actually, so it might be just me and Chris next week, but hopefully he's back all good and well next week. Uh, if you want to follow those two on Twitter, you can follow them at Kaz is at team underscore Schroeder. You can follow me at Craig Hadley and you can follow Chris at AWCAIB. That's all for this week. And remember, keep right on. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or any other podcast platform you may use and search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!